you know, because I think sometimes we hear people say reasons, it's more like an excuse. Yeah. And that's, that's not my perspective at all. It's saying, okay, what did I do to cause the outcome? And what could I do differently moving forward to cause a better outcome if it was a mistake? Yeah. And if it was something that was successful, what did I do to cause that outcome? And now how can I put that on steroids? How can I amplify that? Totally. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. Hey guys, thank you for joining me on Just Start Real Estate. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you tuning in. You could be a lot of places. You are here. So that makes you awesome and one of my very best friends. So thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. I've got a good one for you today, guys. Uh, I've got somebody on who has been all over the place in terms of where you can find him. He's been on the nightly news. Uh, I'm sorry, the nightly news with Brian Williams, um, CNBC, the Washington Post, just all over the place. This guy has been on TV and the radio everywhere. Uh, very smart guy. His name is Dan Roshan, and uh, he is a, a real estate agent, and uh, he has a team that consistently are top producers in their marketplace. Uh, through their investment company, Dan and Tracy have been investing in residential and uh, commercial real estate for more than a decade. Dan's purpose in life is to help people achieve greatness through his teaching, coaching, and mentorships. He leads the uh, Greetings Virginia sales network for his agents and staff to exceed their clients' expectations. Uh, additionally, Dan is the author of Real Estate Evolution, the 10-step uh, guide to CPI, which stands for Consistent and Predictable Income for Real Estate Agents. I'm super stoked to have Dan on the show. It was a great interview, a lot of fun, a lot of, lot of good stuff shared. So I know you guys are going to dig this. So without any further ado, I give you Dan. All right, Dan, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate you doing this. My pleasure. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Um, so I, I do some forensic investigation when I talk to people. I like to be prepared and have a sense without going overboard because I, I like to have the conversation go where it wants to go. But man, you've just done a ton. Like you've been you've been featured Washington Post, Today Show, CNBC, um, Nightly News. Like you've been all over the place, right? You're doing a lot, and you have a book out that we'll definitely get into. But why don't we give the folks a little bit of background on you, uh, other than the highlight reel, which is super impressive, but how did you get into real estate? And what were you doing before that, if anything, in uh, outside of real estate? What made you kind of get into this arena? How'd that start? Yeah, Mike. So in 2005, I was working at a steakhouse, high, high-end steakhouse in Washington, D.C. as a waiter. And I was you know, getting into my early 30s at the time. And I was living a really unhealthy life. It's the uh, I was an active alcoholic at the time. I quit drinking in 2005. And there was a short period of a journey from the time that I quit drinking to when I got real estate sales that I was confused and lost. And during that time period, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew I, I was designed to be a business owner to help people to solve their problems or achieve their goals. And I just couldn't find the way. Right. I mean, it was like a quarter million, half a million dollars to be, and I was investing, you know, before this and, and all that. Right. But this okay. is going into just like as an agent. And so, um, so I finally realized that it was a lot easier to get into real estate sales than buy a quiz notes. Right. <laughs> true. Yes. Yeah, true. <laughs> and so, you know, a couple thousand dollars, 60 hours of, of curriculum. 
and I was able to start a business. Yeah. By the way, Quiznos is fantastic. I don't know if that's just a <laughs> random example, but Quiznos is great. I, I was looking at, uh, at the time, I was looking at five guys. I looked at Quiznos. Okay. Uh, there's probably, I don't know, half a dozen I seriously looked at. Yeah. And, you know, they seem like great opportunities for, you know, to own, but I just couldn't raise the capital. Yeah. And I didn't have the money. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I got into real estate sales 2007, uh, in November 2007. So, you know, this was back when they had newspapers. So, I was, you know, reading the, uh, the newspaper and the, uh, the paper said, hey, worst time in real estate. And I said, Oh, fantastic. Sounds like a, sounds like an opportunity. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had a rough start First six months. I didn't sell anything. I remember going to my broker, Karen and saying, Karen, I, I don't know, you know, what the, uh, you know, like I'm getting ready to pay my mortgage on my credit card. Like this isn't working. Yeah. And she had advised for me to just focus on one thing and to do so just on one thing. And because before that I was doing everything. Yeah. Right. I was just taking big swings and, you know, as many swings as I could. And so I followed Karen's coaching and I was, I had a lot of success over that period of time and uh, enough success. I was able to buy the brokerage that I worked in. And wow. so that was about a year and a half after getting my license. So I was really grateful for that opportunity. Um, there was probably, you know, some, some emotional things that were driving me towards that. Like I, I, I was maybe at the time I felt like it wasn't going to be another opportunity and you know, looking back, I was probably naive in that um, in that assessment. Yeah, and maybe some greed or some fear of loss, maybe of it may fed into me buying it so soon. Yeah, you know, uh, if I was to do rewind, you know, one of the learning opportunities that I had through that is to say, let, let me focus on one thing at a time and get that to 80% plus of where it needs to be and yeah. then take on the next venture. So what did what did you focus on exactly when you weren't, you didn't do any deals for six months, you said like, what was it that turned it around for you? How did you kind of get that engine going? Well, I had a conversation with this, with a lender, uh, Mike, and Mike had sat down with me and this was probably around the four month mark because I was doing the activity. Yeah, I just yeah. wasn't getting the results because it's such a long tail. I was doing the activity and Mike had, you know, remember the market at this time was bottoming out. Yeah. And he had suggested, he said, Dan, take a look at short sales as an agent. And at the time, like short sales was taboo. Uh, you know, no other real estate agents wanted to do them. Yeah. They were hard work because the banks didn't know what they were doing, had no processes. Yeah. You could spit and you have about a 33% chance of hitting a house that needs your services. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. That's about, you yeah. started about the same time I did. I started in 2008. Okay. Only, only on the investment side, right? You were on, sure. the, on, the, on the realtor side, I was on the investment side. And you're right. Like everyone said, run from real estate, run, run, run. And you all know as an investor or someone who, you know, that when everyone's running away, like that, there's some opportunity there. And, and to your point, you could just, it was shooting fish in a barrel. You know, it was just oh, so yeah. easy to find someone who needed help or who had gone through foreclosure. And you're absolutely right. The banks were so flooded, like just overnight, it seemed like with all these assets that they didn't know what to do with, right? So short sales were were a great opportunity, but people weren't really doing it before that because nobody had to before that. No. Now, if you remember, that was right around the time that Bank of America bought Countrywide. Mm -hmm. yep. And Countrywide had had so many irresponsible loans. <laughs> and now Bank of America, who was actually relatively responsible for before we got into this, but now they have all these assets that are you know, all defaulting, yeah. all, you know, and, and, and they had so many of them 
that, you know, I, I don't know if they thought they did a good deal, you know, maybe six months after that because they had a mess on their hands. Countrywide was stoked. They were super oh, yeah. happy about it. Yeah. Hey, I'm out. <laughs> exactly. This is your problem. I know. Yeah. I remember it, there was such a backlog and it was so hard. I didn't actually hit the, the short sale wave. Like I didn't, I didn't do that part of it, but I know folks who did, who just did really, really well. Cause there was such a tremendous opportunity at that point. And I was so new at that point too. It just seemed daunting and overwhelming. And by the way, if you were a house flipper, which is what I was back in that in that time, like you could find houses on the MLS like all day long. I was making so many offers and getting so many opportunities. It was just it was easy, you know. And I, I always tell people, like as an investor, just purely as an investor, not thinking about any other aspect, that would be great if that happened again. Now, as a human being who knows what it has to happen for all of that to go down, a lot of human suffering, it's not great, obviously. You don't want people to go through that. But when the house prices drop and if that happens again, and by the way, I'd love to, when we kind of round out your background a little bit, I'd love to talk to you about what you think about what's happening right now in the market. But sure. if things go sideways, you know, there's going to be a lot of opportunities again. So Yeah. And I agree with you in your assessment of as human beings, we don't want this to happen yet. As business owners, we would be irresponsible to not prepare ourselves yeah. for it to happen. Yeah. And there will be a tremendous amount of opportunity. And if you're not planning for that today by, you know, in my opinion, stacking some cash, you know, being liquid right now. Yep. So that worst case scenario from the investor's point of view is the market stays stable, goes up, right? Mm-hmm. You know, again, not not the human being aspect of it, right? Yeah, yeah. But but if it goes down and you're ready to 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 um to jump on that, you're going to be so well positioned as an investor or you know as a business owner, really. Yeah, it's I always tell people like I've had folks, investors actually, who go, "Wow, I just you know I I really don't know if things go bad and and there's a lot of foreclosures. I feel bad taking advantage of that. It's like, dude, you're not taking advantage. You didn't. If you hit a button to cause it. It's on you. Yes, you're a bad person. But if it happens, like you said, it's irresponsible as a business owner. And if you have people working for you, like now it's compounded, right? Now yeah. it's irresponsible to your team, to people who rely on you to make good business decisions. You have to poise yourself and be ready for that. But and there's a place. There's I mean, that's a need that's that's being filled too, frankly. So it, it's from the human side, it's bad. I mean, we hit that pretty hard. But yeah, as a business owner, I think that probably is coming. And and you're right. I think being liquid, stacking cash and being ready for that is the smartest thing you can do. So so you, you bought the you bought the brokerage. What, what happened between then and now? Uh, well, so I owned the brokerage for 10 years. And while I did that, you know, I was really chasing two rabbits. And so, again, like I mentioned to you, you know, I was early in development of my own sales career. Yet now I'm leading this rather large real estate brokerage uh, through others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just... I would work, you know, 18 hours a day and there still wasn't enough time. And I, and, and I would put my heart, my soul, my energy, my spirit, everything I had on the table and it wasn't enough. Um, you know, and that was, you know, maybe from the naivety, maybe from a business learning opportunity, timing, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. And the only reason why I say reasons is because it's, it's taking a look at, okay, what caused this to happen? You know, because I think sometimes we hear people say reasons, it's more like an excuse. Yeah. And that's that's not my perspective at all. It's saying, okay, what did I do to cause the outcome? And what could I do differently moving forward to cause a better outcome if it was a mistake? Yeah. And if it was something that was successful, what did I do to cause that outcome? And now how can I put that on steroids? How can I amplify that? 
totally. It, it sounds yeah. a lot like, uh, I don't know if you've read the book Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willick, sure. but it sounds yeah. a lot like, right, like that, like just taking ownership of it. It's If it went poorly, it's figure out what you did to cause that, right? It's on you. So I love that. Not enough people do that either. I, you know, that's, the, I think a lot of times people ask me like, what's the difference between people who succeed and people who don't? And there's a, there's a lot of variables that can go into it. But I, I'll tell you one variable that is constant with people who struggle and, and never feel like they're getting what they want. They're always pointing at other people and blaming them for their problems, whether it's their boss, their wife, the president, the uh, economy, whatever it is. Anything that's external. Anything that's external. It's always somebody else's yeah. fault. Those people very, rarely, rarely do they, do they succeed. So, um, awesome. So let's talk. I mean, you have so much going on. It's like we could have this could last for hours because you're you've got a lot happening. Very fascinating um, career that you have built here. Let's talk a little bit about um, your book. Uh, sure. And and I, I got to say, I, I love I love the uh, consistent and predictable income that acronym that uh, that you use in there. How do you teach people? What is it? What does it mean to you? And what do you tell people? about creating that consistent, predictable income? Yeah, so the book's name is Real Estate Evolution, yep. which is the 10-step guide to CPI, Consistent Predictable Income for Real Estate Agents. And I started to write the book, so so I mentioned to you briefly that I owned the brokerage for 10 years. Yep. At the end, you know, about a year and a half ago, almost two years now, I had to make a Sophie's Choice. And I had to sit there and say, either I I had to do one or the other, either the sales team, my own personal business or the brokerage. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I wasn't making enough money in the brokerage for me to make that choice. So even though I say it's a Sophie's choice, it was an obvious choice. So I sold the brokerage and then I was, you know, I was going on a new journey, you know, a new venture. And so first thing I did was I met with some people, met with one of my mentors. He asked me to document all everything I learned in business and in real estate sales and personal development leadership. And I did, and I didn't know I was writing a book at the time because I thought I was writing a bunch of eBooks, yeah. right? And then about yeah. three months later, I'm like, oh my God, like, like, I'm, like I'm not even close to the end. Yeah. And, and you know, it was like three months of writing every day and I wasn't wow. even like, I wasn't even close to the beginning. Wow. And so 13 months later, I had taken an average, I, I figured it out, it was an average of three hours a day and there wasn't a single day I didn't write at least 10 minutes. So it was an average of three hours a day over 13 months that I documented a lot of my personal journey and um, a large piece of personal development. I'll tell you more about that here in a moment to answer your question. Okay. And then also a specific, here's how as a real estate agent you can succeed, whether that you be a new agent and you're looking to find the right way or you're a seasoned agent and you're looking to get some consistency or a mega agent top producer that you're looking to get uh, you know, be able to enjoy your, the life that you're creating, yeah. right? Because you, yeah. you know, a lot of those guys are working 18 hours a day and you know, making a ton of money. Like, what's the sense? Yeah, totally. Let me right. ask you a quick question. You, you yeah, work sure. for three hours a day for 13 months. Yeah. As a guy who just wrote a book, I just finished it and published it this month. Yeah. How many, how many pages is your book? Congratulations, by the way. Thank it's, you. Uh, Ninety thousand words. Wow. About and it's uh, it's gotta be it's like close to four hundred pages, maybe three something, right? Uh, no, it's about three hundred. It's it 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 says two eighty, but then that's not including the intro yeah, yeah, yeah. or the that's a lot of words. Ninety thousand is a is a good size. I mean, that's a good size book when you talk about like a business book because I know they usually they usually weigh in at somewhere between two and two fifty, something like that. That's yeah. a good size book. Anyways, congratulations to you too. That's amazing. Thank it's you. an amazing, I didn't realize how hard it was until I did it. It's not easy. It takes a Hold lot. on, Mike, before you go on, what's the name of your book? Uh, my book is called level jumping. 
Uh, it's on, yep. It's in Amazon now. It's just my story of how I took my business from basically just a couple of deals here and there to 10, 12 deals a month and over a million dollars in profit. So that's yeah. awesome. Man. I, I, let's exchange books. Cause I, I would really like to, to totally. read that. Yeah. Ab same, same. Absolutely. I would love, okay. love to read yours. Um, Thank I think you. that's amazing. And it's, it's super huge. Three hours. I, I know what it, I didn't write three hours a day for 13 months. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, that's, that's an insanely, uh, break, breakneck pace and it takes a lot of discipline to do that too. So let's, let's talk, let's get into the book a little bit. I want to talk yeah. about what, what is in there. Um, yeah, I can, you can, you can go if, the, if you want to start, but I have some questions specifically okay, about sure. some of the topics. Um, I, just talk about how it's sort of a broad question I know, but I know it's covered in the book, how to unlock your potential. What does that mean? And how does one unlock their potential? Because anyone listening to this who doesn't want to unlock their potential might be listening to the wrong podcast. Like my goodness, <laughs> I, everyone should want to do this, but how, what's your strategy for that? All right. So as I mentioned to you that the book was, you know, about a third of it is about personal development which is really to be able to uh, unlock or unleash, the, as you mentioned, the, the power within yourself to be able to reach your potential. Yep. And so from my perspective, a lot of real estate sales trainers, real estate agent sales trainers, start with lead generation as the foundation of, of what they teach. Mm -hmm. And my firm belief, and it's not just a belief, it's, it's a fact, um, you know, you couldn't shake me away from the, from, you know, saying it's not a fact is yeah. that lead generation is a second step. A first step is personal development, being the very best version of yourself that you can possibly be. And how do you get there? And I share, you know, with readers and, and listeners to the audible, uh, you know, specific strategy. I'll give you an example, like, uh, of understanding that there's a circular, um, uh, there's a circular motion of, that's, that's a closed loop of your programming that leads to your thoughts, that leads to your feelings, that leads to your actions, that leads to your results, that leads to your programming. So if you're listening to this right now, if you could sort of put that in a circle in your brain to, to visualize that right now, the program, and it's a closed loop, right? So it's how do you, how do you hack into that closed loop, right? This is why people, why you see friends that are dating the same dumb guy that, you know, that I got a friend in Seattle and she, man, she's dated the same kind, the same guy, seventeen times. Different face, and, same um, guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And it's he's cheating on her. Too much drinking. You know, all kinds of nastiness. It's the same guy. It's like, okay, when are you know when are you going to break this pattern? Yeah. And so we, but that's a natural thing, right? Because as as human beings, we don't know how to break those patterns. And so the hack to be able to make a difference in your life is to is to focus on the programming. Uh, because if you have great thoughts, remember the program leads to the thoughts. If you have great thoughts, you're going to have great actions or great feelings, rather. And the great feelings, great actions, great results, and then program, and then that's going to go back in the programming. But if you have crappy uh, thoughts, same type of thing. So once you have the thoughts, it's hard to get out of that loop. But in the programming stage, it's you can make a difference. And, and the specific things that you could do is, what are you reading? Uh, like uh, uh, Jocko's uh, book that you just mentioned, Extreme Ownership. It's a great book, right? Yeah. Um, you know, your book, uh, that's a great book, right? I know it already is because I know you're a great person, right? <laughs> uh, so, so it's what are you reading? Who are you? What relationships do you have? Um, what are things that you could do to position yourself to be healthier? Yeah. You know, exercise, meditation, affirmations, visualization. And maybe you're listening to this right now and you're like, ah, that's all woo-woo stuff. I get it. Like, I've been there as well. 
Yet, my question that you, I would ask if, if you're thinking it's woo-woo is, has there ever been a time that I could see that somebody else has embraced affirmations and had a, a, a fantastic result as, a, as, a, you know, as an outcome? And if the answer is yes, then you have to ask yourself how. Okay, and so that goes back into that personal development. That, by the way, is another thing that I talk about in the book is if yes, then how, and going into, you know, there's a lot of times that we think as, as human beings, like, oh, I can't do what that guy's doing. I can't buy a brokerage. I can't get REO accounts. I can't yeah. do this. But if you just stop, because there's something else that's telling you that, you just stop and you say, well, has anybody else from the same background, yeah. the same upbringing, the same gender and everything else, uh, has anybody else that has a real similarity to me as the same age, has anybody else produced that result? Yeah. And if the answer is yes, then all you need to do is find out how and then replicate that. Yeah. And that's the patterns that I teach her. I, I got to jump in. I, I'm going to divulge, admit something. It's going to sound like I'm, I'm talking like it's a dirty thing, but I have always been guilty of sort of waving off things that sound foo-foo. I've just always done it. And and I've really, only in the last couple of years have I started to come around and realize that I was wrong. And one thing I'll tell you is <laughs> affirmations were probably on top of my list of things that I thought were complete garbage. Um, but I just recent, this is a recent re revelation for me. Uh, I have started listening to, uh, I've started running uh, again <laughs> um, and trying to get in better shape but I've started when I run, I always struggle like, what do I listen to, right? I want to be able to lose myself a little bit, but I have started listening. There's like these YouTube channels that have like 10 minute, 12, 15 minute affirmations, essentially. It's like, it's like people on, it's like sound bites from people on stage, like doing, giving very emotional, very motivational speeches, right? And I got to tell you, they really change my mood. They make me feel better about running when I'm tired. They So what, what I kind of realized was, here was my, my like, aha thing. When you leave a movie that's like an action movie, that's super like, you know, great actor, great action, great movie, or it's very like a moving emotional movie, you leave there and you feel emotionally changed, right? Your brain is in a different place. I remember when I was a kid, watching Rocky movies, right? You go to Rocky movie, you come out, what do you want to do? You want to box, like you're just all hyped up or you watch that montage where he's working out and you just like, it makes you want to do that, right? Why wouldn't people try to feed their brain this kind of motivation, this kind of like energetic message, if that's what you need, like if you're lethargic or you feel like you just need motivation, why not feed yourself motivation? I know it's not quite like an affirmation, but for me, listening to like motivational speeches, and people on stage, like really talking from the heart about what it takes to succeed. It's super, super effective for me. Like really, it starts my day in a much more positive, energetic, get out there and just crush it kind of an attitude. And before that, honestly, I'm not a morning person. I struggle. I get up later than I should. I have coffee and I really struggle to get going. But when I listen to this, it, it, it switches my mind and it just, it's starting to train my mind to be motivated in the morning. Yeah. You, you hit on a, a few, you know, key points there as well. It's, it's one of the things that, that, that I teach in the book is there's a certain way to do affirmations. And a part of that is you have to believe in it. Okay. And I think that's where people get hung up on the affirmations is when there's like, you know, I'm a millionaire, a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, right? Yeah. That's an affirmation. Yeah. 
But if I don't believe that, then my subconscious knows I don't, that, that my subconscious is yelling back at me like you're full of whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. that's what my subconscious is feeding back yeah. to me. Yep. So you have to put you, position yourself that you believe in what you're saying, that it's not so far out there. And that's one of the things that I've learned as well. Yeah. So, and another thing I just heard you say, excuse me, is, is yeah. you say, well, I, I feel great when I listen to these, these YouTube things. But remember that that's the programming is listening to that. And that's triggering thoughts, which lead to your program or your feelings. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's literally like you, you're, you just shared it in a very real way of, of how that works together. And something that I would also encourage people to do is pay attention the next time you dream. And what is that dream? Actually remember your next dream. And when you remember your next dream, write it down when you get out of bed, that's like the second, and then look at it and say, what caused me to dream that? Okay, because that's your subconscious is feeding something back to you. Okay, so, so there's this whole world of this subconscious brain that we have no awareness of, yet we have proof that it exists in, in the, there's evidence right there in that dream. Okay. Yeah. You know, for a long time, I used to have this dream that I was still working in the restaurant and I was still like, just not able to get to my, t- it's been a long time since I've had a real, a, um, a restaurant dream. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I know that that dream was in my head because I still didn't feel worthy to be an entrepreneur. Okay. I still didn't feel worthy to be a business owner and to, to have huge success. And so that was caught in my subconscious Mm. and it wasn't until I dealt with that and until I had like a a breakthrough. Yeah. Wow. If I write down, my dreams are bizarre. So I don't know if you are into like analyzing that stuff, but I, I I tell you what, my dreams are insanely weird. Definitely. Something's feeding into that, right? There's there's something that the other night I had a dream of something and I didn't write it down. I don't remember what it was, but I remember waking up in the middle of the night. Like I was like, Oh my God, there it is right there. It was something like a wing nut or something that I, like I saw this thing on YouTube Yeah. and it was just like going through the commercials or something. And then it was like, it didn't even register me consciously. And then I dream about it, you know, six hours later. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember waking up like, Oh my God, that's like, I remember seeing that blip on the YouTube thing, I didn't pay any attention to it. And you know, it, it got embedded in there for whatever reason. Yeah. It's good to know that just seeing something can put it in your dream because I tell you what, there a lot of times my dreams are like strangely apocalyptic and that's very <laughs> weird, but obviously I watch action movies and all this yeah. stuff. Right. So a lot of times my dreams are like the world's going to hell and like, you know, everything's going horrible. So yeah. Anyways, I, hopefully I'm not, I'm not a prophet because we're all in trouble if my dreams come. True. So, yeah. Let's, let's stay away from that in 2020, yeah, yeah, yeah. please. Exactly. I got to stop revealing too much of myself. It's going to get weird. Um, so what are the three actions to take when facing adversity? How, how do you, how do you tell people what, what kind of actions should they take when, when something bad happens? Before you get to something bad, a, a large piece of that is fear. Okay. Okay, so a lot of times when we think that something bad has happened, it, it's a reflection of something that you're afraid of. And about four years ago, my family oftentimes would go down to uh, Punta Cana to this you know, really nice resort. And this is where Cirque du Soleil, they practice their, um, like sort of their B team, like okay. the minor league Cirque du Soleil. And so they let the kids, you know, work with these, uh, with these acrobats and, 
my daughter was about five years old at the time and she was climbing up this ladder of a of, of trapeze mm-hmm. she got about three quarters of the way up and she's like uh-uh she comes back down so i walked over to her i encouraged some uh, you know i whispered some encouragement to her and she went back up she got up this time she flew down and she was like "Woo!" right it was like awesome for her yeah. When she got off the net of the trapeze, I went over to her and and I said, honey, I said, how did that, you know, how did that feel? She's like, oh, daddy, it was awesome. Yay. Right. And I saw an op- a parenting opportunity. I said, okay, sweetie, before you went up the ladder, what were you fearing or, or, or what were you feel, uh, feeling, mm-hmm. you know, or as the first time you're going up the ladder, she's like, I was scared. And I said, okay, so what did you do? She's like, well, I, I did it anyways. And I said, okay, well, what was the outcome? She's like, oh, it was great. Now, the conversation with the five-year-old wasn't quite like that. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. That's, the, that's the way I heard it, yeah, at least. Yeah, right? yeah, that's the essence. Yeah, exactly. And so, so my point being is that she taught me a valuable lesson, or she reminded me a valuable lesson, that on the other side of fear, as long as the fear is not truly keeping you safe, Right. Okay. Because if you're afraid to, you know, put your head in a lion's mouth, you're probably smart person. Yeah. Okay. Like that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as long as it's not that case, oftentimes on the other side of fear is sunshine is, is, is like an awakening is gratitude is something that's really, really good or fun. And so it's understanding that when you're going through something that you're, that you're having a, a, a tough time with, a lot of times, once you get through that on the other side of it, it's like, that's where the money is. When I say money, I'm not saying like, like money. I am right. But it's not, I'm using that as more of an analogy than, you know, real. Yeah. Yeah. So, so going back to your question, you know, is, is to embrace the fear. Okay. So that's the one thing, right? Embrace the fear and know that on the other side of that's glory. Second thing is to, is to understand when you're going through tough times, I've gone through some really tough times in business and when I was going through them, I'm really proud of myself because when I was going through them, I didn't, I didn't, I was not a victim. I, re, I recall two specific really tough times in business that I looked at it and I, and in the moment I said, you know what? I am so grateful. I'm experiencing this thing because I never will have to experience it again the rest of my life. Right. It didn't mean I wanted to experience it. Right. It just understood. It just is like, Hey, here's something that I can learn and going back to what we discussed before, well, what did I do to cause this? Okay. Or who was I being to, to, to do something that causes really then moving forward, let me be somebody different and let me do different actions. Right. And so it's, it's when you do have that, uh, those setbacks or you're having those challenges, um, it's really about, um, it's just, you know, understanding those concepts and, gotcha. you know, and learning from it. Gotcha. So let's talk about real estate agents. I know you deal with, you work with them. I should say deal with them. You work with them a lot. <laughs> deal with them sounds horrible. What, what are, what I are deal with them every single yeah. day. <laughs> deal That's with a script that we use with, uh, with for sale by owners. We call it for sale by owners and they say, I don't want to talk to another uh, real estate agent. You're like, yeah. I deal with them every single day. I get it. <laughs> exactly. So, so what do you, how, how can you help them? What are they doing wrong? Right? Like, I'll be honest. Let, let me tell you a quick story. So I, I'm, I just told you before we hopped on here that I'm, I'm selling my, I sold my personal residence is done deal. Um, I, I, I'm fortunate. I'm in the real estate industry. I don't have a license myself. My partner does, and he just lists it for me and I don't have to pay him, but I dealt with the buyer's agents and 
there's a shocking amount of agents that don't really treat the business very seriously. You know, they're poor at communications. I called a few of them or they called me and it's like they clearly are doing something else while they're talking to me and there's a lot of background noise and commotion and I tell them what they asked me and they ask me to repeat it not because I didn't say it loud enough because they weren't listening because they're they're paying attention to something. It's just it was just like amazing the amount of them that were not really on their game, right? Yeah. So, but there were some that were fantastic obviously. But what is it how do you talk to real estate agents and how do you help them be better? Well, I think the 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 unfortunate truth of it is is that there's very few agents that take the time to actually study it as a business. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the and the barriers to entry are low. Yeah. You know, and I mentioned that earlier when you said, you know, why to get in real estate sales. Um, you know, the barrier to entry was, you know, a minuscule it was a it was a little piece of sand in the beach compared yeah. to buying that Quiznos, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the, the, the foundation of uh, the root of the root cause of that challenge or the problem, but there, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. And, it's, and ultimately I believe it's because the agents are not following the right systems that will be able to create an outcome that's predictable. Okay. Okay. And so when you go to like the proprietary process of the systems of CPI, for example, that's talking, that, that brings an agent through, here's all the steps that can be predictive of something in the future. Okay, so I'll give you an example. So when we're, when we're consulting with buyers, um, at the very first consultation, we're letting them know of all the things that may go wrong in the transaction. One of the things that we'll share with them is say we may be you know, four days before closing and the underwriter is getting all your stuff together for the clear to close and then they ask you for all this nonsense. Yeah. And you think you've already gotten it to them and now you're going through this again. Yeah. And we communicate that to them up front so that if that occurs, then they look at us like we're an all-star. All right. Because, oh yeah, Dan told me that this is possible that happens. But if I never have that conversation with them, then they're looking at me like I'm an idiot and incompetent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So a lot of it is just the agents just not understanding the process of how they can utilize the right processes and systems to be able to uh, to put it in in a, in a manner that you're gonna be able to serve the client at a higher level. And that's just not taught. I mean, that's the reality of it. So even myself, like I had to figure that out. I had to figure the, you know, the processes out. That was after 10 years of, you know, documenting every single thing, you know, I was like in the learnings. And, you know, so that's really, the, I think the, the, the reason, you know, for that, you know, for that perception and not just perception, but often reality. Yeah, I agree. The very entry is low. How much how much when you work with real estate agents do you get into the tactics as opposed to like the theory of the strategy? In other words, like how deep do you get into like um you know, uh, like systems for tracking leads and all that kind of stuff? Like do you get into the nuts and bolts part of it yeah. or is it more strategy based? No, nah, no, nah, it's it's the exact okay. like I, it's the exact. Here's how you do it. CRM, here's, like the yeah. whole deal. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. He, like uh, here's the auto dollar. Mojo sells Vulcan uh, seven. Here's here's who to call. Here's the call list. Here's what okay. you should expect as if you call X amount of expires and you have a high skill. Here's how many appointments you're going to set. And here's how many you're going to hire you. If you have a low skill, same type of thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Do you use just out of curiosity? This isn't necessarily something yeah. that you talk about. Maybe it is, but um like personality assessments like DISC or Colby or how much do you utilize those or how much stock do you put into that? 
I use them in the hiring process extensively. I also use them in the consultation process. I was coaching one of my agents yesterday and she was having a little bit of a challenge with, uh, with a husband and a wife hmm. and without going through like behavior, like, you know, like I was just sharing with her what I was observing and what I was observing was the lady was a very dominant personality and she wanted to be correct. And the gentleman what really wanted safety, hmm. uh, you know, was his concern. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So sounds funny. I don't know right, why so, that just struck me as funny. It's like, he's like, he's, I, I got the impression of, I got the visualization of this guy who just wants to be safe from his wife, but okay. That's probably, not what you meant. <laughs> that's not what you meant, but that's what the image that just went into my head. Okay. I got you though. That's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so anyways, so it's by understanding the behavior. Now you understand how to communicate with her and him. Yeah. So now you're going to say things to her such as, and this would be great for negotiating a real estate trans, uh, investment when you learn these things and you can say to, to hers, what I was coaching uh, my Angie yesterday is uh, using words like you're in charge. My job is to give you all the information so that you make a smart decision. Yeah. And then and communicating with a gentleman such as your, um, you know, I know that you're going to be making a safe decision. Yeah. Right. And so it's understanding who they are and then communicating to them in the language. And now in the hiring process, and I go through the exact things in the hiring process of how to, um, use this information and, and, and I go and I teach it in the book, the hiring process can also be pre predictable. Yep. So you look at the systems, right? For that mega agent that's working 18 hours a day and, and hired another assistant that sucks. Well, here's the reason why is because they didn't learn the hiring process. Yeah. They learned the lead generation process. They learned the lead conversion process and client care, but they haven't learned the hiring process. Everything has a process. Yeah. Right. So you have to look for people with a record of success in the role that you're hiring. And then you have to look for a behavior that they're going to be very, very comfortable to be able to, to, to thrive in a role. Yeah. Um, and then you have to understand what their cultural values are. And that's the way that you can use those, uh, those types of concepts. That's huge. I, I hire heavily on values nowadays because I've, I've learned, I've learned my lesson of hiring strictly for skill set. but you're right. I think sometimes you get those in your world, the agent, that mega agent, 18 hours a day, he's a good, he's a good technician. He knows his business, but then hiring and managing completely different skill set. Oh, it's a different skill set. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you mentioned my book earlier, but that's, that's kind of a lot of what I cover. Like, you know, taking your business from doing as much as you can do as one person, right? A one man band, like you have bandwidth. I don't care how efficient you are. Maybe you get more done than I do or less, but you get us, there's a finite amount of things you can do. So when you want to go beyond that, it's like, you know, it's like the engineer who gets promoted because he's a great engineer and now he's engineering manager. It just doesn't always work out well. He's not cut out to be a manager. He's cut out to be an engineer. So yeah, hiring and, uh, and, and leading and motivating, it's completely different, but it's necessary if you want to not be an 18 hour a day person or you want to just grow whatever business it is that you have. So yeah, I think that's huge. And that's, that's interesting that you're, you're using that with your coaching students. That's very, very smart. Obviously you need to know who you're, who you're working with and, and working with the clients as well. Like you said, like the husband and wife, right? Like knowing who you're talking to is an unfair advantage, really. I mean, it's just it's so awesome to have that. And and when I say unfair, I mean I mean it in a positive way. It's like it's that's, sure. that's that really makes you better. It makes you a better agent, frankly. It makes you better it's working really, with your clients. It's really just about having the ability to pay attention. Yeah. But you mentioned like you mentioned about like, hey, I call the agent, and there's all this clanging and background noise and. You know, they don't take the time to sit there and say, hey, just give me a moment. I'm not in a good spot right now. Or 
can, may I call you back in 20 minutes yeah. where I can actually focus on a conversation? Cause I can't do it right now. Cause my kid, my kid and my dog and yeah. whatever is all going, you know, wild. Yeah. But there's a system to, for that as well, which is ask, you know, is being in rapport, right? Which is like, okay, being connected with the person that you're speaking with as though if you're, you know, a dance partner, that's just knows the, the movement of, you know, that you don't have to think now I, I can't dance or, or excuse me, I haven't learned to dance yet and I never will. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> so I guess I could say I can't dance because yeah, right. I, I don't really have a desire to do that. Right. A good way of putting it. I meant to remember that I'm in the same boat. <laughs> uh, and so it is, so it's about like being in sync with each other. So it's having that rapport and then asking adept questions and then actively listening. Yeah. And then when you're able to do that, like, for example, she wasn't able to identify the behaviors of the individual she was working with. Um, she's had some training on that, but, but when we started talking about it, she started, you know, remembering things and she's a great listener, right? But she started remembering things that maybe she wasn't present to. Okay. Okay. So then when you, when you're, when you're, and that goes back to that, you know, that actively listen is like a hundred percent, like I'm list, I'm in your world. Right. I'm not listening it from my perspective. I'm listening to it as though if I was seeing it from your perspective. Right. And it's a completely different. And then I and then I can see if it was a third party looking at this, what would they observe? Yeah. And if you really want to take it to even a higher level, if the universe was all connected into oneness, or maybe you may think of that as God, what would that oneness or God observe? Right. Right, like if you really want to go deep on, I probably lost half your listeners right there. <laughs> well, yeah, the other half just there. leaned in closer, so who cares, right? I mean, it's good stuff. It's good stuff, and it's it's real stuff. I mean, I tell people all the time, and and I I deal with I, I deal with topics that aren't necessarily tangible all the time, right? And I think the reality is the the tools, the software, the tactics they change they they come and go a lot of times the strategies the theories and some of those things are really it's really what propels people forward right i can give because here's the here's the mistake a lot of people make you probably see this too i want to succeed whatever it is as, as an agent as an investor i want to succeed what crm should i use like and it's and it's all stuff they need to know but they always want like they're asking you for tools but really what they're asking you for is the magic bullet, right? The secret, the secret thing that you can tell them that'll change everything. And the reality is it has way more to do with what's happening between your ears. It has way more to do with what you tell yourself about yourself, it has a lot to do with the way you were raised. I mean, all these things that people go, yeah, 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 yeah. But just give me the software that I need to be successful. It's like software won't make you successful. It'll help. It'll aid. It'll make things more efficient. But ultimately it's not, that's why there's so much software out there because people like to jump from that. It's like a, it's like this thing they use in place of actually getting themselves straightened out. So I love this stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm the guy who's leaning more forward in my car right now because I want to hear what you're <laughs> saying. So, I mean, listen, you, you said it before. We could talk all day on any one of these subjects, and I would I would be totally in for that. Um, but I want to respect your time. Before we do end this, what, what are some any, – any parting words for people who are struggling, trying to get, get themselves, like, going, trying to – figure themselves out a little bit what what would you tell people in general other than go get real estate evolution your book that's obvious let's that's everyone should pick that up um but what what advice do you give people who kind of come to you cold and say hey i need i need help i'm just not figuring this out yeah uh, i think it's understanding why you're doing what you're doing and having a clarity on that um because you go back into that 
you were just talking right about the belief system and if you and that's who you're being and then that's going to lead into your actions of what you're doing which is then going to lead to your results yeah uh but uh, surrounding all that you have to know why you're doing what you're doing and you have a clarity now this doesn't have to be some big altruistic you know like my big why is 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 to open up doorways for others and i'll tell you about that story how i came up with that another time but in the middle of that, my big, my, my smaller reasons why I'm doing things was I recently built my mother a home on my property and she's 72 years old, right? I want to make sure she's good to go for the rest of her life. Yeah. Right. And she is like, she doesn't have a, she doesn't have, unless if she chooses, she doesn't have to pay another dollar for a bill ever again. Okay. And so she's good. And so for years I had on my corkboard behind my computer, you know, right behind the, on my corkboard, on my, on my thing there. I had the blueprints for her house. And so every single day I'd sit there and I'm looking at these blueprints and I'm like, okay, that's why I'm sitting here doing this right now. And if your why is big enough, the how always shows up. Yeah. So it's a ha- so so if so if somebody's at right now in a place of, okay, I don't know how to, you know, how to start this, don't even tr- don't even start with figuring that out. Figure out why are you doing this. Right. And it doesn't have to be grand either. Yeah. I, I love hyperbole. I do it all the time. You know, it's like if you have a kid and someone kidnapped your kid and said, if you don't start a business and get it going, I'm, you know, it's, that's all that they're over. You would figure it out, right? If, if that, if the why became big enough and, and I think honestly, money is rarely the why. It's it's no. one of the things that you get from maybe it's what money can do for you. Yeah, what money can do for you, but yeah, but do for think, others. Yeah, if you think I want to start a business because I want to be a millionaire, you got to go a, le- a level or two deeper than that, in my opinion. I, I just think that that's because money doesn't motivate. We know it doesn't motivate people indefinitely. No. It motivates you in the short term and not in the long term. So, um, love it, man. I love it. Before we leave, though, again, real estate evolution, the book, go pick it up. It's uh, it's definitely something that I'm going to be reading, and we're going to share books. We talked about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you mine. I'll, I'll get yours. Um, what else? Anything else? Any, if people want to get a hold of you, what are some other things you want to make people aware of about you and what you're working on? Yeah, you know, that we, uh, there's a great uh, real estate group that we host on Facebook, which is um, a rock solid real estate agents. Okay. And uh, so if you're on Facebook, you know, just go into the uh, search bar at the top, type in rock solid real estate agents and apply to join that group. You can certainly find me on social media, Dan Roshan. I'm not hard to find, hopefully. And um, you can always go to www.therealestateevolution.com to get the book and some specials that go along with that as well. Or you could go to Amazon and Audible. It's more expensive there, so I'm good with that as well. <laughs> That's awesome. And the last thing is spelled R-O-C-H-O-N. We'll have it all in the show notes, guys. But if you're driving and you want to do this right now, that's how you spell his last name. I got to ask you real quick, a little off topic. You you have an audible version of your book. Did you record that or did you have it recorded? No. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm dealing with that now too with my book. I got to figure out how I want to get that done. And I was just going to look for some advice there. But uh, we can talk offline. That, that'll that really get things turned off here. Nobody cares about that. It's just, <laughs> it's just my little my little world of things that I got to do. Okay, man. Listen, thanks again for doing this. I appreciate it. You're busy guy. You have a lot going on. You're sought after. So I appreciate you spending time here talking to my audience. It's been a lot of fun. I love, love, love getting to know you and this uh, subject matter because I think it's critical. I think it is. I think people need this stuff. They shouldn't just want it. They they need it. So um, thank you for doing that. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being so uh, open and honest with us. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. Thanks. 
All right, guys, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed talking to Dan. Very smart guy, very cool guy, uh, and very accomplished person. So that's always a good combination and just a good dude. He's got a good head on his shoulders, and he's really helping people achieve and become more than they thought they could be, which is the name of the game here. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed that. I really enjoyed uh, bringing him to you and having him on the show. I love sharing good people who have a message that is truly helping people, and that's Dan. So hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, guys, I say it all the time. You know what's coming right now, so don't turn off the sound. Don't turn it down. Listen to me. If, if anything, turn it up. If you want to achieve something, right? We talked about this in this episode. It's between your ears. A lot of the problem is between your ears. A lot of the problem is the way you view your challenges, the way you view yourself, and fear. So get out there and just get started. He mentioned it in the show, right? When his kid would not go up, his daughter would not go up the, the, the ladder because she was afraid. But then she just did it, right? So go out there and I can't say just do it. That's Nike, right? And I don't want to get in trouble. But get out there and just start. Get out there and go for it, guys. Make today the best day ever. I'll see you next time. Okay. You're still there. You're still listening. That's awesome. And I really appreciate that. Now, hopefully it wasn't an accident. Hopefully you didn't leave the room and I'm just talking to an empty room right now. But assuming you're still there, I want to do something really, really cool for you. For a limited time, I want to give you a free digital download of my book, the entire book, Level Jumping. If you're a listener to the show, you know it just came out and it really details how I took my business from being like one where I was just doing a few deals a month, maybe one or two deals a month, to doing over 10 and sometimes 15 deals a month and over a hundred a year. And I went from doing very little profit to over a million dollars in profit. And I made that transformation in a 12 month period. And this book talks about what I did, the steps I took to transform my business and how you can too. So grab a free digital download and you can get that by texting the words, just start as two words now, just start to the number 5544. So text just start to 55444. I will send you a free digital download of my book. It's the complete book. There's nothing held back and that'll be completely yours just for making it to the end of the show and listening to me. And I really, really appreciate it guys. So I want to do something nice for you. I do this every once in a while at the end of shows. And if you listen to the very end, every once in a while, I do a giveaway like this. So hopefully you enjoy that. Go grab a free copy. I hope you read it. I hope you love it. Reach out. Let me know what you think. All right, guys. Talk to you next time.